Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. Please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, and sign up for my email newsletter to receive all my latest podcasts, articles, and content. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a new exercise concept that I've come across called chrono exercise that's been making some headlines recently. I want to discuss chrono because it seems like it could develop into the next big fitness fads or one of the next big fitness fads. Chrono exercise or chrono activity, as it's sometimes called, is a theory suggesting that when we exercise is much more important than how we exercise. And it advocates that people should exercise at times that are optimal for their bodies physiologically. The idea is that Things like hormone levels and other elements of our physiology are constantly changing throughout the day, and that if you can do workouts at these optimal times, then you'll get more benefits out of exercise exercise overall. So here are just a few recent headlines promoting chrono exercise to give you a sense of the way people are thinking about this. So here we go. The first one is, it's not what exercise you do, but when you do it that counts. Here's another one. The secret to getting more out of exercise, it's not what you do, it's when you do it. And then the last one, how fending off heart disease and stroke through exercise comes down to timing. When I hear headlines or claims like this, I immediately have lots of questions like, what is the evidence behind these claims? How significant is the research that they're based on? How impactful could the findings potentially be to the average person's health and fitness? And most importantly, how applicable are the research findings to a normal person's everyday lifestyle? So in this episode, We will put the concept of chrono exercise through this battery of questions and assess whether or not it makes sense to take seriously. Is chrono exercise the holy grail of fitness or is it just another shiny object that you should ignore? So stick with me and you'll get the answer by the end of the podcast. So with that, let's jump right in. I decided to do a podcast on this topic in response to reading an article that was just published in The Guardian, which states that the most ideal time to exercise to prevent heart disease and stroke is in the late morning, sometime preferably around 11 a.m. seem to give people the best results. And I'll link to this Guardian article in the show notes. The article notes that multiple studies have shown late morning exercise to be optimal for health and fitness results, especially for women. However, one of the same studies found that men and people with type 2 diabetes benefited more from exercising late in the afternoon. And multiple studies indicate that evenings are the optimal time to exercise specifically for muscle strengthening activities like weightlifting. And that's especially true, according to the this study, for women. And ultimately, the article recommends splitting up exercise across the day, doing different things at different times, depending on what's optimal for your age, your gender, your health status, etc. 
For instance, a healthy woman in her 40s, let's say, might do light cardio in the late morning, like from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., sometime in that window. Then she may do more light cardio in the evening, followed by some strength training and then maybe some stretching before bed. Someone of a different gender health status might follow a different protocol, but it would still be designed in a similar way, to be in sync with their biologically optimal times for exercise. This type of regimen is made with the intention of helping people be as efficient as possible with their time um, when it comes to their biological peaks or based on their profile, when would be the optimal time for them to do certain types of exercise throughout the day. First, I want to assess the overall plausibility of the idea of chrono exercise in the context of a normal person's busy life. My first concern is that it will be very difficult for the vast majority of working people to carve time out consistently to exercise at these biologically optimal times. For instance, late mornings will be difficult for most busy people. The idea that a large percentage of the population will be able to stop what they're doing at 11 a.m. every day to exercise just doesn't seem very realistic. And likewise, the idea that people are going to be able to consistently make time in the evenings for more exercise in addition to doing maybe a morning workout of some kind also seems unlikely. While evenings may be an optimal optimal time for strength training physiologically, practically evenings, evenings tend to be a terrible time to exercise because you're highly likely to skip an evening workout due to lack of energy, let's say after a long day of working, or because some other priority has come up during the course of the day that may need to take precedent over completing a workout. Now let's talk about how seriously the average person should really take the benefits that chrono exercise is supposed to deliver. If you read the recent news stories written on chrono, most of them, including this Guardian article that I mentioned, make it seem as though it would be beneficial for everyone to attempt to adopt a chrono style of exercise if possible. But unsurprisingly, the media seems to be borrowing statements from the real scientific studies, stripping away some very important context, and then to some extent sensationalizing the claims. One major reason that you probably shouldn't jump ship on your current workout routine just yet in favor of chrono is that the whole field of chrono exercise is a very new area of research. Just as an example, I want to point out some of the limitations of the recent research done on chrono. One of the largest studies was done recently in the UK and it had some interesting results with a large group of people. It was over 80,000 people that participated in this study. But one of the limitations of the study is that it measured the activity of its participants over just a seven-day period of time, and we'll get back to that in just a minute. It had participants wear a device 
called an accelerometer, which measures how quickly their bodies are accelerating and moving. It's basically a type of motion detector. They used this method to determine how active different people were at different times of the day. And then they compared that data to six years of medical history to see if there were relationships between when people were active and their likelihood of experiencing a negative health outcome such as a stroke or a heart attack. Now, this type of study is not without merit. These broad early on types of studies can help point researchers to more specific areas of future research where different methods that are more accurate can be used. The limitation with this type of study is in particular the way that people's activity was actually measured. The problem with this is that it probably doesn't accurately recognize certain types of exercise as activity, particularly stationary types of exercise. So things like weight training as an activity compared to something like running wouldn't register with the type of device that they were using to monitor because a motion detector doesn't do a great job of picking up activity that happens to be stationary. So something like moving weights may not register as activity when in fact it should. So by itself, measuring the rate of movement is a very limited way to measure overall activity levels. People can be very active metabolically while doing stationary forms of exercise like weightlifting, but you would need to somehow measure breathing or heart rate or some other metabolic indicator in order to register or recognize uh, something like weightlifting as um as activity in this kind of a study. Another limitation of the current chrono research is that most of the existing studies only collect data about people's activity over very short periods of time. For instance, that large UK study that I mentioned only collects data or collected data about people's activity over a seven-day period. And then it used that data to assume that they had captured people's normal day-to-day behavior patterns. They looked at, as I said, six years of medical history to see what percentage of their participants had some type of a cardiovascular incident during that time to look for associations between if they had an event and how active they were at different times of day. So they assumed that the activity pattern that they captured over just a seven-day period represented the same way Um, that these people behaved all the time over the course of six years. So just think about how your daily behavior patterns have shifted over time. Most people's daily activities vary wildly over the course of several years as their life circumstances change. Things like having kids, getting new hobbies or groups of friends, becoming an empty nester, retiring. There are all kinds of life events like these that can have a massive effect on how you spend your time and how active you are. So to think that a seven-day period of time where you're capturing data 
is going to accurately reflect how people will behave for the next six years seems like a pretty big limitation to me. Plus, the majority of these studies don't factor in things like what people eat, and most of these studies also rely on a fair bit of self-reporting on things such as alcohol consumption and the use of tobacco products, which can always be problematic uh, when you're relying on people to be honest about those types of things. There are also many variables that might cause someone to have a cardiovascular incident over the course of a six-year period, variables that these large, broad studies really don't have a great way of accounting for. Um, So instead of looking at what fitness journalists put in headlines, it's very interesting to actually read the studies um, and to look at the conclusions that are being drawn based on the results by looking at what the researchers themselves say. For instance, this UK study um, in in the discussion section talks about how their data only shows an association between when people are active and how likely they are to have a negative health outcome. The researchers themselves explicitly say in the conclusion that a causal relationship has not been established uh, between time of exercise and these, these negative cardiovascular events and that more study is needed. And this is why you're not likely to see a chrono-inspired exercise recommendation make its way into the general health and fitness guidelines for people anytime soon. Well, I think I could be wrong about this, uh, there could be some groundbreaking, groundbreaking research that, that changes things, but for now, I think it's highly unlikely that you're going to see a major health organization like the CDC or the American Heart Association recommend chrono-exercise in the near future because the evidence just isn't strong enough to uh, make that type of recommendation in general for all people, at least at this point. Overall, my primary concern with the idea of chrono-exercise is that the ideal time to exercise biologically probably isn't the ideal time to exercise from a practicality and a lifestyle perspective. Biologically, it may be better for you to, for instance, exercise at 11 a.m., every day, but how likely is it that someone working in a full-time 9-to-5 job is actually going to be able to implement and sustain that? I think it's highly unlikely that people would be able to sustain something like this. So just think about that. For most people, in the middle of the workday, there are too many priorities that are pulling at you too many distractions and disruptions that will make exercising at this biologically ideal time very tough to do practically. At the end of the day, the best time to exercise is the time of day that you can be most consistent with, and it should be a time that is somewhat insulated from as many distractions and disruptions as possible. I think for the vast majority of people, This will be sometime in the early morning before your day gets started and you get busy. Even if there's a slight benefit of exercising at a different time biologically, you have to look at the overall risk of failure when it comes to selecting a time. You're much more likely to be consistent with exercising at a practical time of day um, that you can be consistent with because 
consistently is crucial for the formation of habits. And so much of our lifestyles are composed of habits that we've built. They're, you know, they're our day-to-day behavior patterns uh, in a lot of cases are not the result of what we're willing ourselves to do in the moment. They're based on a series of habits that we've built up over the course of time. Once you build an exercise habit, being consistent is going to become much more easy because, in a sense, you put that behavior on autopilot. You don't have to think much about doing it because it's so ingrained in your um, in your you know habitual flow. The biggest risk you run when selecting a time of day to exercise is picking a time that is going to be difficult to be consistent with. The people who don't exercise consistently are much more likely to develop a chronic disease or have a, have a negative outcome. The, the, if you're not exercising consistently, you know you're at a higher risk for these things. And if chrono exercise requires exercising at times that are more difficult to be consistent with, then it follows that ultimately most people are going to struggle to make a habit out of exercise if they're trying to take a chrono approach. And eventually they're probably going to get frustrated and give up, which is what happens to so many people that try and exercise at difficult points in the day when there are lots of pressures. So in the long run, the real choice that people need to make is this. Should I make a habit out of exercising at the most practical time of day for my lifestyle, or should I chase the biologically optimal time to exercise, which will lead most people to quitting exercise because they won't be able to fit in workouts at odd hours on a regular basis? I think the answer is pretty obvious. The practical route is more likely to lead to lifestyle change and ultimately uh, give you a better chance of having a high quality of life. The chrono exercise route will lead most people to quit in the long run because it's very difficult to be consistent with. So my verdict on chrono exercise for now is that chrono is a dead end for most people because it will be very difficult to integrate into their lifestyle. And in my opinion, the evidence in favor of chrono exercise is feeble and it benefits its benefits seem to be uh, minimal in the grand scheme of things when you consider all the relevant factors and consider how difficult it's going to be to maintain. This chrono concept is a great example of why we shouldn't always be quick to chase the latest health and fitness fads because they're often based on science that is inconclusive and science that in many cases journalists in the fitness industry are trying to put a sales spin on so that they can make noise, so that they can make a splash with novelty and, you know, get people to take an interest or spend money. But when someone says, you know, do X, Y, Z based on these studies, that doesn't mean that they've they've found the answer necessarily, that they found the holy grail of fitness. We should always ask questions like, what are the studies? How were they conducted? What are the limitations of the studies? What did the researchers themselves conclude about the studies? Uh, and are there any valid counter arguments worth considering Um, that are in opposition to what a study might suggest. And in this case, I think there are some pretty significant ones. My goal is always to look at what the fitness research says and then consider how applicable it can be 
to people living normal lives because ultimately the best fitness advice that you can get is advice that is actionable and sustainable in the context of the way that you live. Well, that wraps up the episode for today. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. And also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, to sign up for my email newsletter, access my free fitness calculator tools, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is now available wherever books are sold. Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for future episodes.